This is Channel 253. In this episode of Interchangeable White Ladies. I was entering everything with like, I want them to come away from the state interested in me or interested in going on a second date. But I never approached the date with, I want to see if... I like them or mm-hmm. they're good enough for me or worthy enough for me. I never entered it in that sense. Channel 253 is a member-supported podcast network. I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I'm asking you to become a member and show your support. Go to channel253.com membership to join. Thank you. One, two, two. interchangeable. Right, ladies. Welcome to the Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast. I'm Hope. I'm Megan. So today's essential question is, how can people safely navigate singledom and dating in the midst of a pandemic and in a post-2020 world? We are so excited today to have two special guests. One you all know pretty well, Megan Holyoke. Thanks for coming to the show. Thanks so much. It's me. I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Representing the Seattle area with her point of view today. Um, And then we also have joining us a good friend of mine, Katie Walter, who's a co-founder and executive director for a global nonprofit sponsorship program for Ugandan children. And she represents also Northwest, but more that PDX life. Hi, Katie. Welcome. Hi. Great to be here. Thank you both. Um, First of all, I just want to give like a, a... A shout out to you both. Thank you for your willingness to have this conversation and to tell your stories and to offer insight. Um, This can be a really difficult conversation, I think, for a lot of folks. And so I just want to recognize and honor your your courage and just your transparency and openness. So I really appreciate that. Um, And to kind of get us in the zone here, I would love if the two of you could start off by describing a little bit about yourselves, kind of like you might in a dating profile. (laughs) If you need to pull up your app, right, any of your apps right now, you're welcome to do that and just read pull from there. What in the world? How did I, um, full walks in the park. currently all of my profiles are on pause and mm. have been, um, we'll get into that of why that is the case later on. Um, let's so, see. So how did you describe yourself, Megan? How did I describe myself? That's a fantastic question. Um, it changed over, like it changed constantly as I realized that, um, I needed to be more specific, um, as I was like getting matches with people that I'm like, oh, I would never want to have a conversation with you. Let me be more clear in my profile about what I expect and need. And so as I went, my profile just got more and more like, more like vague and like fun and like all of my like hobbies and hashtag dog mom. I never said hashtag, but like dog mom and like, oh, I love hiking and like, you know, all the like really, I think I approached it as like, oh, cast a wide net. Mm. And then as time went on, I was like, nope, like um, social justice. And then I was like, oh, social justice isn't specific enough. Like Black Lives Matter. Oh, Black Lives Matter, not specific enough still. Black Lives Matter, period, no debate. And then it's like, and so, um, you know, I, I tried to be witty. Um, one of my favorite lines on my dating app, my dating profile was, I work with teenagers, so dating apps aren't the only thing keeping me humble. Hey, um, that's pretty good. My, one of my favorite lines but I I think I haven't found the sweet spot of like what my profile should be but you know I'm a a young um newly 32 year old woman that um loves to be outdoors and hikes and um is really passionate about all things in her life, um, really passionate about her family and friends and social justice and equity work and, um, you know, anybody that doesn't feel the same kind of passion about their own life need not contact. Move along. Move, Move along. along. 
that's pretty good. Mine. (laughs) (laughs) Katie's like, I'm inspired now. So Katie, how about yours? Um, Do you, and also for both of you, do you tailor it to like a different profile? So Katie, what is kind of your, who are you? (laughs) What should people know? It's, well, it's an interesting question because I think I had, I mean, I had a lot written more years past Mm -hmm. and then felt like, okay, maybe I think I listened to this one podcast and it was this woman who did all these algorithms on like what improved the profile. Mm -hmm. And I think she said less is more. Like she did all these statistics about writing less. And so I thought, okay, maybe if I have less on there, that will improve matches. So then I think after I listened to that, that was while I lived in New York, I ended up drastically cutting down what I had in my profile. And then I think, to be honest, I've just been lazy. (laughs) 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 Like, this will work. I'm fine. I'm tired. I don't want to put more thought into it. Mm -hmm. I think because I find online dating so exhausting Mm -hmm. that perfecting what I'm writing just seems too much at this Mm, point. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I, I think I had maybe it was a prompt on one of them that said, who's your dream dinner guest. Mm -hmm. And so I put different dream dinner guests and I was like, okay, if they have a problem with like RBG or (laughs) other people or Obama, then yeah, they're probably going to swipe the Mm -hmm. other way so I just kind of put people that I like and for me faith's important so I put that on there and I love sports I put my basketball heroes and just kind of put people that represent my interests and my activism and things that are important to me and figured okay this will weed through people but it hasn't always (laughs) Ooh, I can't wait for the stories on that. Well, I would love to call this next kind of part of the conversation or segment called um, It Is What It Is. And I would love for you both to paint a picture about the current experience, but first helping people understand like what it was like pre-COVID. So I was wondering if you both could speak to what was pre-COVID dating like, and particularly because you're in different cities. Um, We are, it is, you know, the West Coast, but Katie, I know you've traveled and you've lived in a lot of different parts of the country as well. So what was pre-COVID dating like um, in your, in your thirties? Or even if you want to go back further in your twenties. But let's try to go last five years. How about that? Okay, last five years. Um, yeah, I, you know, to be honest, some, I don't know how much different it's really felt for me. Not that I haven't been doing all of the COVID protocols as far as we're meeting outside, wearing masks. Uh, Portland has, uh, you know, restrictions as we've had restrictions where you couldn't even eat outside, but now there's a few bars you can go and they have, especially now that it's winter fire pits. So they're trying to, I think, get the business that might even be starting to push the envelope for me with how things are kind of ramping up here. But I think this year was so hard and I'm such an extrovert that I was, and I'm approaching 40 this year. So you know, it's something that I want in my life. So I think I was just determined if I felt safe and it was outside and I had felt like it was someone who I actually think this could go someplace with, then that was kind of my determinant to go meet the person. Yeah. And before COVID, I mean, where did you find that you were meeting people? Would you say? Um, same place. I mean, I went to the same place. It was just yeah. outside. Yeah. Yeah. So like <laughs> so, bars, restaurants, yeah, bars, like community events, same, same, that kind of, yeah. Yeah. So in that sense, it didn't switch too much. I mean, there might've been more talk of like, Hey, let's go on a walk than in the past. Um, when COVID first hit, 
there was a guy that I matched with and had a really good rapport with. And he was from the East Coast. And so he was in an area where he had a lot of friends and family who got hit really hard with COVID and some who almost passed or passed away. So he was living through it in more of a first secondhand experience than I was at that time in April. So he was much more hesitant to meet up Mm -hmm. and kept I think wanting to, and then putting it off. And so I think we talked for two months and then it just, I think with COVID um, wanting to meet, but I think he was really nervous and it just lost its momentum. Mm -hmm. I think that's the thing I've learned with online dating this year and the difficulties with COVID is there's some momentum that you have in online dating. And sometimes when it just keeps on, lagging and or going on yeah you just lose momentum and then it's like oh that just fizzled so I Mm. think sometimes these fizzle quicker now Mm -hmm. with COVID if you don't feel safe enough to meet up I've actually I know some friends do it but I've never done the video chat dates Mm. it just feels too weird to me not that I don't think it would be a great alternative it's weird weird. no it's weird (laughs) Oh, okay. We'll get, I mean, we'll like, get into not, that. Not to say, not to say that it's not valuable. Yeah. Right. Like, um, so Megan, would I, you say, oh, sorry, before you answer that, could you talk a little bit yeah. about like pre COVID dating in Tacoma? Like, what was that like? So what's hard for me. And like, I think is that I have entered the dating world of being ready to date during the pandemic, mm-hmm. like during mm-hmm. COVID. Um, so like, I've talked a bit on the podcast before about my last couple years. Yeah. Um, but what people don't know is that several years ago, I was actually engaged to be married. The The wedding didn't happen. It was called off about like six to seven months before. It was very, very challenging. Um, and so I have always been a very like monogamous relationship person. Mm-hmm. Like I've never really like dated and, um, all of that. And I've had one relationship since, um, since the big, I call it the big breakup because I was with that person (laughs) for about six and a half years. Um, it was a long time. And then before that I was dating somebody for about four years. And, um, and so I've had one relationship since the big breakup. Um, and so, and then, and then I was diagnosed in Mm -hmm. last August with cancer. And so I went through that experience and that was really traumatic and not was, it is really traumatic. Um, But I think it's really funny that I reached a place, I've talked a bit about how quarantine was awful and I I recognize how horrible it was, but for me personally, quarantine was an opportunity for me to slow down and reevaluate my life and really take a look at it. And so I finally reached a place like November, December, where I was like, I think I like, I think I want to do this. Hmm. So um, it's hard for me to say pre COVID dating because I, it wasn't something that I was like necessarily able to look at and focus on. So that's why I kind of allowed the Katie to kind of tackle that question. Cause I don't know if I have a ton to add to that conversation other than, um, it was really intimidating and I wasn't ready. And the one relationship that I did have, um, in the last couple of years, I met them organically. So it wasn't, I didn't meet them online. I knew them mm. in my world. Um, so yeah, like that's kind of where I was at. Mm-hmm. Um, And so then I, I like, yeah, starting November, December, I was like, I think I might be ready to explore this. Um, I funnily enough, it was like, oh, I'm just, I feel really like lonely. Mm -hmm. Um, and I like, was like, I feel like I'm ready to have a partner And I feel like I'm ready to maybe start to explore that with the full understanding that it probably wouldn't happen for a while. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that the hardest part about all of this, like the hardest part about the pandemic and the Mm -hmm. hardest part about all of this, and and this is just for me and where I'm at is I thought my life was going to be at a very different place at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, 
calling off the wedding was not my choice. And so I thought that my life at this point was going to be married with children and all of that. And I'm so unbelievably grateful and happy that that's not where my life is because that would have been awful with that person. Um, (laughs) Just horrible. But I, I think I have felt like I am in a delayed state of being for the Mm. last several years. So Mm. first it was cancer that kind of stopped me from being able to like continue on with my life. Um, And now the pandemic and I just feel stuck. Mm. And I wonder how many people that are participating in all of this, um, like all of the people that are currently dating in the pandemic, I wonder how many of them feel stuck and the frustration that comes with that and like how that might be impacting their behaviors Mm. in online dating. And, Mm. um, I'm not sure, but I I think that is absolutely part of it, right? Like how many people are feeling that way and feeling really isolated and like online dating is a way for them to feel some sort of connection to other people that maybe they were getting fulfilled from in other aspects of their life before the pandemic. Um, I, I think that was, that's part of it for me as well, right? Where, I was able to kind of distract myself with the really awesome people in my life (laughs) that Mm -hmm. I was seeing on a day-to-day basis before the pandemic and everything. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, so you both kind of mentioned this idea of part of the challenge right now is this lack of momentum, feeling stuck, kind of fizzling out um, with those relationships that might be starting up or like revving up a little bit. Is there anything else um, you think that is challenging right now in terms of this, I don't know, new frontier is not a great word, but um, in this pandemic dating scene, any other challenges come to mind? I think, Oh, Oh no, go ahead, Katie. Go ahead. I don't know. I think some people don't don't really quite know what they're comfortable with wise with COVID. And so maybe they'll want to meet up. Yep. They do, but then they realize they're not comfortable. Or I I kind of feel that too. Like, oh, maybe I didn't I wasn't that interested in that person. And like I shouldn't have chanced Mm. going out even with the mask with that person and so yeah I think everyone's I have noticed both myself and the person that I've gone on a date with or dates with I think is yeah also trying to navigate that and and where you choose to go and yeah it's a lot more thought that that goes into it I believe and that has made it a little bit more difficult but to be honest I don't know if I don't, looking back on the years that I've done online dating, and I've always just done it here and there. If I wasn't in some, in a relationship where I met the person through a friend, or maybe I just had a year where I just, I have worked either by myself or in a group of five women (laughs) for like the last eight years. So a really unique situation. People have not been (laughs) great. Mm-hmm. Um, for me to meet a man is yeah I with, through work has been impossible and for me through church I also just can't tell I'm you know 39 at the moment and I think are they 25 are they 41 <laughs> I can't tell <laughs> it is hard you know the older you get you just like to be able to reference someone's age gets more difficult too so mm-hmm. maybe it's nice about online dating when I'm out or I'm out at a restaurant or a bar too I can't tell <laughs> the age of the person and I know it shouldn't be important but I had friends um, actually set me up with a friend this summer and they said oh he's 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 younger than you how young could you are you interested in going I was like well that's a little bit on the young side but he's your friend and I don't mind just going out on it going out on a date so we did masked up was outside it was um end, end of summer and he I don't know how it came up maybe because I was saying about how I lived in New York and then somehow he mentioned 
something about 9-11 when he was in junior high and I was almost, <laughs> I was almost out of college and I was like, done, I can't do it. Yeah. 9-11 junior high. So fair. I was almost so out fair. of college. Yeah. I, I don't know. It was just, I felt mm-hmm. bad, but it was just that uh, moment where my heart was like, no age difference. Yeah. You're like, here's even. my line. I didn't know I had, but here it is now. <laughs> Thank exactly. you for helping me identify Thank my you. line. Yeah. Well, so I was going to ask you both, like when you think about the the adjustments you had in the last year, like how have your, you know, what you're looking for online and, and like even how you decide to go out with somebody outside or go for a walk or whatever, have you adjusted some of those like routines or the things that you're looking for um, to make that decision? Like I'm going to pursue this even for a date or like a, an online meetup or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. I, so that's so interesting. And I kind of alluded to this when I was talking about my profile. Um, I think that for me, sorry, if you can hear my dog, um, that I referenced also when talking about my profile (laughs) barking upstairs. Um, so I think that for me, the pandemic, yes, has been hard to navigate in terms of meeting people and making plans. And I think what's hard is that now on the profiles, um, for people that (laughs) haven't had the pleasure of using these apps during the pandemic, you can actually on many of them put what you're comfortable with. So Mm -hmm. it's like what, so, okay, so I'm comfortable virtual, like virtual meetings, or I'm comfortable meeting with a mask or social distancing, right? Like there are many different levels that you can put on your profile. So before you even match with somebody, you can see it. But it's also for me, I'm like, well, that's different for the person, right? So it just depends on how excited I am about meeting them is Mm -hmm. what I would be comfortable with. And so for 90% of the people, I'm going to be open to virtual like video meetups. Um, but there might be like a 10% of the, my matches where I'm really excited and we like have a conversation first and then I'm comfortable meeting them. And, um, right. And so I think that that is different. And so that was, that's been a challenging thing for me of like, how do I present that? Um, and so I just kind of erred on not putting anything at all and letting it open in the conversation Mm -hmm. that I had with people. Um, And, and so, and it's also like, I've just felt pickier. I have gotten more and more picky Hmm. as the time has gone on Um, because I just, it is, it's exhausting. And like, I don't have, I don't feel like I want to waste my time with like these stupid, silly, small talks. Like my, it just, I don't care to ask you like how your day is for 10 days in a row. Like, please don't ask me, Hey, how's your day at 5 PM or 6 PM at the end of your day for 10 days in a row. Like I, I have friends that will ask me that every day. And I have people in my world that are going to check in on me of how my day is like, please give me something more than that. Like, please be interesting. But I also am somebody like as a, like ambivert type person, I hate small talk and which is so like, online dating is a special kind of hell for me because I hate small talk. And I would say I've only had a handful of matches where it moved beyond just small talk. Mm. And then like another really weird thing is there, I would like have some conversations with some guys and it would be going well enough. Um, And then they would ask if I wanted to meet up at a park and like, you know, socially distance, go for like a walk, coffee date, whatever. But then it kind of fizzled because it's like, well, we never really set up the specific time. And like, they never really asked when specifically I wanted to go. And it's this weird, really weird, um, dance. So Mm -hmm. that's also another thing, Mm -hmm. another component of it. Yeah. Katie, how about you? Do you find that you're like the, what you prioritize has changed or shifted at all in the last, um, eight months, nine months? Um, I kind of feel similar to what Megan said in the fact that I, if I am really interested in that person, I'm more willing to safely go meet them um, because I feel like, okay, this is the opportunity to possibly be a person I would like to date and be dating. And so I think I'm more willing to feel like, oh, that person will be in my bubble eventually. So it's maybe okay to explore. 
Um, but yeah, I'm really only comfortable if it's kind of a person that's really sparked my interest where I'm like, okay, they, they fulfill all these like really important checks. And if they don't fulfill that, then normally I'm just not interested in even meeting them. So mm-hmm. it's, <laughs> it kind of d- does dual duty with mm. COVID. Yeah. Right. Like, not even yeah. really worth, it's not even really worth my time. But yeah, I get so tired of the small chat. I mean, I'm an extrovert, but I don't like email and I hate texting. Hope probably knows this. I'm <laughs> old school. I love the phone. I'll just call. It's hilarious. And so I cannot, uh, just emailing and texting is, I've always disliked it. I've always hated it so much. So, so then- trying to do, trying to, do a form of dating with something that already makes me like physically cringe. That yes. makes sense. So listen, video, the video meetups might be the ticket for you. It's okay. the really perfect in between. And honestly, what I had to like psych myself up for is yes, it's awkward, but it's awkward mm. for both of you. Mm. And also if you're going to vibe with somebody enough to meet up with them during a pandemic you're going to vibe with them on a video chat that's like the video call (laughs) so it's like it's really it's another really good filter Mm. for whether you want to go and meet them in person because it's like that right now feels really overwhelming and like the energy that it takes to get ready to go meet somebody (laughs) in person I love that part I'm like (laughs) I haven't gotten ready I can actually wear I love Clothes it's true. Listen, I, as somebody, <laughs> I can count the number of times I've worn jeans in the last nine months on one hand. So like <laughs> true, fair. But like, I found that was really nice. And honestly, like I had one really, really good connection video chat wise with somebody um, that it was actually like a really good conversation. And I, I think that that was even more reassuring and like that was near the end tail end of where I was like, oh, I don't think I want to like pursue just dating in general right now. I would rather wait until like restaurants kind of fully open back up. Um, maybe not during the winter. So it's not as like rainy and cold for walks. And I've kind of done that, but it was like, it was a good conversation. So I've looked at it as more of a filter. It's Hmm. like this, another step of that. Um, and then also like, Man, I had a really horrible phone conversation that I told Hope about a little bit. Just a, a, just a scotch. It was one of the worst experiences, but fascinating experiences of my life. Um, and so that was also really wonderful because I think I would have, because it was near the beginning of me creating these profiles, I think I would have gone on a date with him in person, but then we had that phone conversation first and I was like, I never want to speak to you again. Like I never, and and it prompted me to go into my profile and change so many things. I mean, just give was, a little, just give a little snippet. I don't know if you want to talk about the misogyny or the racism, but like you could pick oh one, no. of okay. one of those little snippets. One of those little snippets. So I think the, the worst one, but the best one was within the first 45 minutes. Um, so my diagnosis, uh, like my cancer diagnosis came up and the way that I found out I had cancer was I had significant abdominal surgery. We removed a very large tumor from my abdomen. Um, and, um, (laughs) and he, after I told him about them having to remove, um, this tumor from my ovary, he, compared his male anatomy (laughs) to my tumor saying that he would never be able to measure up and I would be disappointed. So that was just the cherry on top of just, yeah. I don't know how you like stayed on the call instead of just like hang up like, Oh, my internet sucks. Bye. (laughs) Well, no, because then the beautiful part was that took all pressure off because that in that in that moment I was like I never want to have another conversation with this person 
ever. And then it just became a really fun social experiment for me, which also is on how um, isolated people are during the pandemic is that you like subject yourself. You're like, I just need human contact. Yeah. (laughs) Let's have a conversation. And then, you know, I told him I used to work at the Boys and Girls Club and he interrupted me and he said, oh, don't you mean the LGBTQI plus club? Like, and I said, what? Excuse me? And he's like, what? Like, can they, are they allowed to call it the Boys and Girls Club anymore? And so then I said, this is a perfect time for us to unpack politics. Like, this sounds like a really great time. And so then the rest of the conversation was essentially him trying to convince me that um, I would be good for him and that opposites, like having people with different perspectives is really powerful. And I was like, listen, buddy, I don't think you would ever want to date me. Like, I am in it. I like social justice is my world. And then at one point he said that I, he could be my project, which listen is every woman's dream is to like have a man that is her project. And so that was so really many red flags, so many points to like pull the parachute yeah. and just and be like, I'm his, done his breaking point was when he brought up how Navy SEALs are the most um, impressive human beings, the most elite human beings on the world, in the world, like they are the most elite, and that women there are there's a reason why there are no female Navy SEALs. Exactly, Katie. And Katie I said, face. oh, so bad. And then I said, I think that you and I just have very different definitions of successful and elite. And he got so <laughs> hurt by that, and it just like the defeat in his voice, and he very like it was just he I broke him like I think I broke him like he was so disappointed after that point he no longer tried to convince me that like we should still date um which it was like the most surreal experience but that was it that that Navy SEALs are the most elite humans in the world both mentally and physically and that there's a reason why women there are no female like there's no women that are Navy SEALs so this is a great spot. We're going to take a quick break. Um, <laughs> I also, note. on that note, on that note of disaster dates, um, and then also I want our listeners uh, to know, um, we actually asked um, Andrew Hammond, who is a member of Channel 253. Most of you know him from his podcast, and we'll link to that in our show notes and so on. Um, he's going to share a little bit about his point of view around this, some of the things that have changed, um, some of the dynamics around online dating right now, and kind of give a different perspective to add to this conversation. Conversation, and we'll be back shortly. So I really don't know how race, class, and sexuality play um, a role during, like, why you're trying to date during a pandemic. Uh, I just leave it as simple as this. If you're happy with that person, like, then go for it. <laughs> uh, I, I think it it might have to, you know, it might play a small role, but as long as you're happy and the person that you're dating or seeing is happy, who am I to judge? And, and, you know, I, I wish you the best. I, I think for the, you know, will anything good come out of dating during a pandemic? I hope so. I think so. Um, I, I think the one thing that you want is you want somebody who's cognizant of what, uh, of, of what the, one of what they want Two of how they're taking care of themselves and others. Cause I think that what, what we have seen during this pandemic and, and especially as somebody who's single, you see the, I guess, irresponsible uh, actions and in the, the lack of caring um, w- w- with people's actions, especially if they're just going to go out and essentially operate as if a pandemic is not going on. Um, so I, I think that we're going to see more, we're, we're going to hopefully be more cognizant and, and matching up with people who meet, you know, the, you know, meet a, uh, I guess, lack of a better term, responsibility threshold. They kind of know what they need to do, what needs to be done, you know, to take care of yourself and others. Hello, this is Eric Hanberg, host of the Channel 253 podcast, We Art Tacoma. It's no secret that Tacoma's real estate market is off the charts right now. And whenever I have a question about what's happening, I take them to everyone's favorite pod auntie, Marguerite Martin. I trust her for so many reasons, but one of them is that she's not trying to sell me a house. After 16 years helping Tacomans buy homes, she's now a professional real estate 
matchmaker. That means her entire focus is getting you connected with the best agent for what you need. She helps you find experts because no agent is good at everything. Marguerite knows all the agents and she knows their specialty. Tell her what you're looking for and she'll help you swipe right for your perfect real estate agent. She helps me and my wife find an amazing agent to sell our condo downtown. And when we are ready to buy our next home, we'll turn to her for a match again. Best of all, getting a referral doesn't cost a dime. The agent pays Marguerite a finder's fee if you end up buying or selling. And you can rest easy knowing that you're going to get a great agent who specializes in exactly what you're looking for. To get started, visit movetotacoma.com and hit the contact form. Thank you, Marguerite, for getting Channel 253 up and running and your ongoing support of local media. Welcome back. And I hope um, as you're listening, you're really thinking about your own experiences in the past. Um, if you're in a similar boat with uh, Megan and Andrew and Katie. Um, and if you're not, then I hope you're growing in your sense of empathy and understanding for um, the way other people in your life are experiencing the world right now. Um, one of the things I want to kind of touch bases on, I was reading a few articles in prep for today, just thinking about um, there's been a lot of reporting about the one article talks about the true stories of hooking up during COVID-19. And one of the things it mentions is that this time has allowed for conversations around boundaries and consent to be had in a way that's different than it has been had in the past. So whether that's about being sexually active, whether it's about physical touch, meetups, um, like you said, the conversations that um, I think politics kind of fits in here as well. Um, this has kind of opened up some interesting doors. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think what I, I want to um keep in mind as I like, I will eventually re-enter the dating world in 2021 in the next several months, I am sure, um, is what I kind of reached near the tail end of like that November, December time is like, I, I, there is a natural inclination you are told with online dating. It's about numbers. It's a numbers game. It's a numbers game. It's a numbers game. And so you're like constantly trying to create a profile that's going to get as many matches as possible. And, And I really, really don't want to prescribe to that notion because, um, I'm, I, I really do want to be confident enough in who I am and how I present myself that it's like, I'm just going to put it all out there and whoever it vibes with or like whoever it connects with, it connects with and who it doesn't, it doesn't. And, um, and just kind of lay it bare. And I tend to do that in my real life, right? Like mm-hmm. I am kind of a like wear my heart on my sleeve um, type of person. And I have really big feelings. And um, like I said, I'm really passionate about a lot of different things in my world and in my life. And um, when it comes to friendship, sure, there is more of a variance in what I like am able to um accept in that relationship, right? Because that's a different type of relationship is like, if we have different views on things, that's okay. And I'm trying to come to a place where knowing what I'm okay with and what I'm not in even just friendship. But what I'm realizing is that in my romantic partner, in like my person I'm going to share my life with, there are things that are non-negotiables for me when it comes to politics. And I know that there are some people where politics are not a deal breaker, but for me and how I live my life and the things that I care about and, and who I am, politics are absolutely a deal breaker. Um, and I think I feel confident in saying that now is like, I don't need to compromise on that in my romantic relationship. Like I don't need to be pressured into feeling bad or guilty or that I'm being too um, picky or exclusive because I say I need my partner to be left-leaning. I need my partner to fight for social justice or care about social justice and and equity. Like that to me is, um, just as important as every other quality that I hope to find in my Mm -hmm. partner. And I'm not saying that everybody needs to feel that way. Right. Like, but for me, it does. And so why wouldn't I put that on my profile? And if Mm -hmm. that scares people away, good riddance, because that's not my person, probably like I I want somebody that feels excited about it. And so that's how I hope to kind of take that. Do you also feel like because that's similar for my view? It's also not only is that just so important to me, it's also one of my biggest interests. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) 
So it's something that I love discussing with someone. Me too. And it's not that they have to be at the same level of interest, but mm-hmm. I listen to so many podcasts. I read so many articles and it's one of, similar to basketball, it's one of my favorite things that I, not that the person has to like basketball, but it's one of the top things that I spend my time doing. Yep. And so to have someone be apolitical or the opposite view, yeah, just- Yes. It's not only it being important to me. It's like, that's one of my greatest interests. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like saying, I love to be outside. And the person's like, I want to be inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Time. Like I hate going on hikes, like being outdoors. Absolutely. So it, just, it just seems so different in that sense. But I feel like I've had two really big aha moments recently with online dating that I, and I don't know, maybe I had more time to reflect on it with the current situation, but one, I've never really enjoyed online dating. As I mentioned, I'm not a big texter email person. And so it's already going through a medium that I find challenging. So sometimes I just get tired of it or I'm just busy with work. And so it's you know, I feel like sometimes I'll be like, okay, I'm going to say 30 minutes this week, or I try to set like little goals for <laughs> myself. But um, this fall, I dated two people and one, um, both ended, one really liked me and I wasn't as interested. And then one, I thought we both really liked each other, but I found out he just maybe liked me as a friend. I'm not sure that one was really hard for, or it was really sad for me, but I realized that, and I don't know, part of this is my personality. I'm a two on the Enneagram, if you know the two, so you want to oh, be. me too. Mm-hmm. Okay. You Wait, are you a two like, as well, Megan? Yeah, two wing three, y'all. Oh my gosh, you <laughs> did not know that. Okay. with the three wing. Listeners, if you don't know what we're talking about, I'll I'll put some links in the show notes to Enneagrams and you can join. We should do an episode about Enneagrams. That's a good idea. Yep. Okay. Future episode. Sorry, Katie, to interrupt you. What did you learn as a two? two (laughs) With a three wing, that's where like the work motivation side comes in. But I'm a two, so I'm an extrovert, um, off the charts, and I think I really identify with the two uh, that motivate. I want to be liked. I love relationships. I love friendships. So I have been going and I haven't, it's, I haven't dated someone seriously in a while. So it's, I have that going for me as well. So when I'm entering these dates, I realized I'm trying, it's going to sound bad. I think I was not knowing it really just trying to come across myself, which I think is great and confident, but I wanted the person to like me. Mm-hmm. So I was entering everything with like, I want them to come away from the state interested in me or interested in going on a second date, but I never approached the date with, I want to see if I like them or mm-hmm. they're good enough for me or worthy enough for me. I never entered it in that sense. So um, the first one we really clicked and things were going so well. And then he was interested. And then I kind of took a step back and thought, not that I didn't like him, but I didn't know if I was like, oh, this is the person, you know, you just kind of feel like this is the person. And I realized I just really wanted him to like me. Mm -hmm. And like, do I like him? Like, I didn't really ask those questions. So that was really eye opening to me. And I think then going out with another person again was really trying to get them to like me and maybe over talked I mean I'm also an extra wait extroverts talk when they're nervous I think so like I could have done a better job of asking him questions or just saying yeah is this someone I really want to be with and so I hope I take that away next time is making more of an effort to get to know the person and yeah thinking is this one I want to be with versus the other way Mm -hmm. around Mm -hmm. thank you Katie for talking and sharing that story and being vulnerable I think for both of you I, I I think 
I just want to say I really appreciate the courage and the transparency you both have had about this process and where you're at right now and kind of the lessons you're learning. Um, one of the things I think for all of our listeners and just thinking about this episode in a bigger context as well is full disclosure. We like we acknowledge this is a very like hetero normal kind of conversation, heteronormative conversation. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things um, Megan and I were kind of researching beforehand is just thinking about, you know, how the layers of like race and class and heterosexual and sexuality influence our experiences and, and influence who we end up meeting online in these spaces. And so one of the things um, I was reading about, and again, I'll, I'll link to in the show notes, but just there's a big role for implicit bias that plays. Um, and, and we know that happens in any kind of dating, but it's, it was interesting to kind of think about the way that that shows up in online dating and in dating during a pandemic. Um, and then particularly if you're in a group that is already marginalized in a certain neighborhood or community um, or region of the country, feeling like you're more marginalized because access to those pockets of community don't exist anymore or are, are shut down. So I was reading an article yeah. about just social distancing impact on LGBTQ plus community in Canada and thinking about just a lack of access to medical support, to mental health support, to social resources, you know, with the closure of certain spaces, like you mentioned at the top of the show around bars and some of those places where you might meet somebody. Um, and in this particular article is talking about gay pride events, like you're going to meet a like-minded person and someone who you know you have a lot in common with and when those spaces are shut down it just makes it that much harder but I I do want to kind of start wrapping up our conversation and I think we've kind of shifted to what I was thinking about with this kind of second segment of of our show really thinking about like how do we make lemonade out of the lemons and that's like sometimes so trite and annoying so I'm sorry if that's how it feels but you both have kind of mentioned this some of the things that also are coming out in the other like articles and research around pandemic dating just that more people are being intentional about whom they're dating they're being more intentional about the deeper conversations that they're having. They're much more clear about what you're describing in terms of um, having set boundaries, have, saying there's like less compromise, I think, when it comes to some of those political things or some of those social matters, that things that matter. One of the articles I read was talking a bit about um, the, the profile change, like you both mentioned, just that more people are talking explicitly about kindness and empathy and wanting someone who volunteers their time and donating. And so it's interesting to think about what is shifting and if there are good parts of this that are continue to like kind of change the dynamic. And I was curious, um, do either of you feel like, I I don't know if it's too, if it's too soon, but do either of you feel like there are good things that will come from this in terms of just the nature of dating or nature of online dating um, or in-person dating? Um, What do you think about, about that? Well, I think you mentioned it, right. Where it's like people are being more upfront and more comfortable, um, not only, and I think it's not only stating what their non-negotiables are, but it's understanding what your own non-negotiables yeah, are, right? Like, I think that this has provided people the opportunity to slow down. They have had to really think through, okay, what is important to me? What do I care about? I think that things have shifted in importance in people's world and people's lives. I think that people that maybe were willing to ignore their partners or their matches political beliefs before the spring and mm-hmm. before the black lives matter protests um where it was like well maybe we don't agree but like you know you don't talk about what are the things like you don't talk about politics money and religion yeah, yeah. and i think that that has shifted i don't think that that's the rule anymore um which i think is a really good thing right i i think that those are things that matter when it comes to finding your romantic partner. Um, and I was wondering if kind of to wrap this up, the last thing you both could just speak to real quick. Um, if you're thinking about friends who are, and I'm jokingly going to say boot up. Um, if you're thinking about friends, would you, what kind of advice um, would you give to them in terms of like how your friends could support you better in this process? So I think one of the things is like, we all want to be allies in a, in a variety of ways. And so if you could just say there's one way that someone could support you in your own journey, um, what would you, what would you say it is? Act interested and um, ask questions. <laughs> like, don't you know? Like, get excited with me. Um, like, if I bring it up, it means I want to talk about it. Mm. And so, don't try and like glaze over it and like talk about your partners and your kids. And I think that's been the most challenging part with um, some friends. Is like, I'm the outlier now that is not partnered and. Um, 
it feels like if we do talk about it, it feels like it's just kind of a, a stop in to get it over with so that we can get back to talking about other things. Um, and I, so yeah, give it the same energy that you give every other thing in your friendship. Okay. Thank you. Katie, how about you? Yeah, I think that's important. Also just being an encourager in the sense that online dating is so, and just navigating dating now is so tough. It's so complicated. I just felt my November and December were such a roller coaster of emotions. Just, I mean, hope knows. I was so excited about this one and it was just like, yeah, the roller coaster you're on and the letdown and it's, and then trying to get yourself when you've been so hurt. I, yeah, that was, I got the end text ending the relationship. Guess when? Christmas morning. <gasps> I spent my whole Christmas like hiding <gasps> my niece's room. That's a, that's like, a whole, that's a whole uh, thing. It we'll was, talk more about that offline, I think. What an <laughs> Oh my gosh. I'm so it, it sorry. Was, it was, it was devastating. So yeah, roller coaster of emotions yeah. and so just being an encourager and I think too, I don't know, part of this is my two personality, but of wanting to be liked that when, you know, when you're dating, that you're constantly having the person tell you they like you or that you're attractive or you're intelligent, you know, saying the things they like about you. So when you're not dating, sometimes your friends will mm. say things that you're like, I just haven't been told in so yes. long. I'm any of these things. And even though I believe it, or I try to believe it, or I feel like I'm decently confident person, it really yeah. does like negatively mm. impact you over time to not be told verbally any of those things. And so I think what I would encourage friends to do besides just trying to be an encourager would be to name those things because I yeah. feel like for single friends, you, d- you don't hear it when you're not dating. And so, and you start to just doubt those things. Well, I'm going to raise a glass of champagne to you both. Champagne for my real friends, real pain for my champ friends. Uh, 2021 that this will be a year uh, that you will feel encouraged and you will both know how amazing beautiful talented smart you are and how much you're giving to the world and making the world a better place just by being in it um, and being my friend so I appreciate both of you so much Katie thank you again thanks again did you know channel 253 is member supported I'm producer Doug Mackey and I hope you will show your support by going to channel253.com slash membership and join. Thank you. All right, here we go. Welcome Wait, did to- we say I'm reading? <laughs> am I reading the? I am reading. Yeah, this. you okay. are reading. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. The Interchangeable White Ladies podcast is part of the Channel 253 network. Check out our other shows. Nerd Farmer, Citizen Tacoma, Crossing Division, Flounder's B-Team, We Art Tacoma, and What Say You? This is Channel 253.